Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. I'm going to misquote this verse several times until you finally figure out where I'm going, and then we'll all jump on the wagon and ride together. Okay? Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6 says, Without service it is impossible to please him, for he that cometh to God. Oh, that wasn't right. Okay, then let's try something else. <clears throat> but without giving it is impossible to please him. No, I got one. Yeah. Do you know what? Ron's glasses are missing from up here. Huh? Nope. This is, uh, let me see. This is the Holy Bible. Got the certificate of marriage page in the front. Hebrews eleven six. Okay, let's try again. <clears throat> but without worrying, it is impossible to please him. Wait, 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 wait. Without faith, Amen. without faith, it is impossible to please Him. Is there any way to please God apart from faith? What? So how come we worry? Huh? If you're worried or in doubt, run in circles, scream and shout. Okay? Then you get a little exercise at least, but it does not please God. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. You can't please God if you don't do what you do in faith. Tonight, when I get home, I'm crawling in bed. And I'm going to trust God to take care of me through the night. I'm not going to set my watch or clock so that I wake up every hour and go check all the doors and windows, make sure nobody's broken in. No, I'm not going to do that. Why? It's God's house. Let Him worry. He's going to be up all night in Him. Psalm 121. The Lord that watches Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. If He's going to be up, let Him watch the place. Without faith, it is impossible to please fit. Him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is. Okay? So atheists don't please God. Because they don't come to God. Without faith, it's impossible to please for him. For he that cometh to him must believe that he is. And then that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. America is filled with church members who do not diligently seek God. In fact, since y'all are here, I can say it about everybody who's not here. Folks who are not here tonight who are not working are not diligently seeking God. 
or they'd be in his house. Now, if they're in some other church that preaches and teaches the gospel, praise the Lord. I don't have a problem with that. Okay? I'd rather them be here and encourage us and encourage the pastor. But as long as they're diligently seeking God, I'm fine with it. But he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is the rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So I'm here on Sunday night, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, and I'm in the Word, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. For what reason? I'm seeking Him. I want to know Him better. The more I get to know Him, the more I enjoy the fact that He is with me. John 14, 23. If you keep my commandments, I and the Father will come and make our abode with thee. God the Father and God the Son. I already have the Holy Spirit. I got the Holy Spirit when I got saved. But Jesus and the Father come and live with me. That's what it means to make your abode. Okay? And so, I'm living in God's house. This afternoon, I was sitting in God's recliner. Ben was there, and so Ben comes over and says, Hey, Grandpa, get up. I said, You didn't say the magic word. He said, Okay. I said, do you know what the magic word is? And he said, yes. I said, okay, let me hear it. He said, pizza. (laughs) That's a pretty magic word. I'll give you that. But I didn't give up. I didn't get up. I said, no, that's not it. He said, candy. I said, no, that's not it either. He looked at me and he said, okay, what is it? And I said, please. And he said, oh, please. And I got up. I want him to learn that there's a magic word that gets you stuff. Please is the word when you're grandpa's house. Now, it may not work with grandma, but it works with grandpa. And you know what? Since it wasn't my recliner, I didn't mind getting up. God's recliner. God's house. Y'all like God's tie? God's shirt? God's pants? God's pen? I got a whole pocket full of God's stuff. It all belongs to Him. And I can rest in that. I don't have to worry about my stuff. It all belongs to God. Without faith, it's impossible to please Him. And he that cometh to God must believe that He is and that He is the rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. Okay? So, I'm diligently seeking Him for a multi-purpose reason. Okay? Why? Well, because I want to get to know Him better. Okay? I want to learn to, to hear His voice more quickly. So I can respond more quickly when the Holy Spirit speaks to me in His still, small voice. Okay? But I'm also doing it because I like the rewards of living by faith. Okay? I do. Lester Olaf used to sing the song, Living by faith in His precious blood. And Lester Olaf lived by faith. 
had this big ministry there in Corpus Christi, Texas, and had a few hundred mouths to feed. And he'd take those boys on a big old fishing boat out in the uh, intercoastal canal, and they'd catch red drum by the barrel full. I mean, they'd catch enough red drum. It'd take them all day the next day just to fillet them all, put them in the freezer. And then they had that 40 acres down on the uh, Rio Grande, down the valley at Mission, Texas, and they go down there twice a year and harvest onions and cabbages and grapefruit and beans and whatever you want. I mean, it, uh, oranges. Oh, some of the best oranges I've ever tasted came off the roll-off property. Pineapples. One year they grew pineapples. It takes three years for pineapples to, to finally bear fruit. But they planted them, and three years later, Mr. Roloff calls my dad and says, Brother Casey, I'm, I'm flying into Festus tomorrow, and i got some pineapples. If you think some of your folks would like them, uh, they can have them for a donation. And uh, sure enough, Wednesday afternoon he shows up. And Dad goes out to the airport, Festus Airport. Okay? You know he's a pretty good pilot if he can land at Festus Airport. <laughs> and went and picked him up and, and, and picked up these two or three cases of pineapples. And, oh, they were sweet. Oh, man. There's uh, a particular fruit market here in town that advertises their fruit sweet as sugar. Okay? And so I asked the cashier uh, just the other day, I said, now, is this the brand name? She said, well, no, actually, that's supposed to be the taste. And I said, okay, if I bring some sugar in here, will you let the boss taste it so he'll know what the difference is? <laughs> I've gotten some stuff in there that advertised sweet as sugar, and it wasn't even close. <laughs> We're not naming names tonight. Okay. We're good. We found, oh, y'all doing initials. Never mind. Okay. So, anyhow, I'm, I, I am looking for the rewards of living by faith, of diligently seeking Him. Because if we diligently seek Him, He is rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. And then He begins giving illustrations of the rewards. Okay, illustration. Verse 7, by faith, Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness, which is by faith. One of the funniest things I ever heard was Bill Cosby's story of Noah. You have to be old to remember it. You young people probably never heard it, probably never will. But it's hilarious. Noah. Who's that? Noah, it's the Lord. Yes. I want you to build an ark. What's an ark? I want you to make it 75 cubits. By 45 cubits, by 150 cubits, no, 300 cubits, yeah. And uh, Noah says, okay, God, what's a cubit? <laughs> like he didn't have a clue what God was talking about. 
really is funny. But can you imagine? God comes to a man who's 500 years old, back when men lived a thousand years, so he's in his midlife crisis. <laughs> and God says, I want you to build a boat, an ark, and no one knows about boats because they got rivers. But God says, I want you to build a, a, a big boat. Okay? Big boat, 450 feet long. Wow. 450 feet long. Big, big boat. And I want you to make it out of gopher wood. Acacia, it's a type of oak that doesn't break down. Kind of like cypress. And I want you to pitch it within and without. So he's got to know what tar is. He's got to know where to find it. He's got to... He can't go down to the lumber company and buy this stuff. He has got to go to the woods and cut down the trees and cut the lumber and cut the timbers and all this to make this thing. And it's going to take months and months and months. In fact, 120 years. And Noah wonders, why am I supposed to build this great big boat? And God says, because it's going to rain. I'm going to flood the earth with water. It has never rained. Not in Noah's lifetime, not in the thousand years before Noah. It has never rained on the, surf, on the surface of the earth. You say, how can they live that long without rain? Well, the dew came up out of the ground and, and watered the grass and the trees every morning. The, the aquifers under the, work, under, under the ground were much closer to the surface than they are now. There was this canopy of ice surrounding the earth, like the Van Allen built is, is there now. Provided a temperate climate, like living in a greenhouse. Average temperature, 68 to 75 degrees. Now, if it gets 68 at night, I know a bunch of you women would be <gasps> freezing. Okay? If it gets 75 in the daytime, some of us men would be looking for a little breeze. But Noah doesn't know anything about rain, and God tells him it's going to rain. In fact, it says here, he was warned of God of things not seen as yet. And he moved with fear. He moved with fear. We talk about fear in God. If God told you, listen carefully, if God told you, that the United States of America was going down, we're going to lose all our freedoms of religion, our freedom of speech, freedom of the press, freedom to bear arms, was going down the tubes, and you could do something to stop it. What would you do? I'll tell you what Noah did. Noah moved with fear and prepared an ark to the saving of his house. So, Brother Casey, God didn't say America's going to fall apart, did he? No, in fact, he pretty much completely ignored it in prophecy about the end times. Okay? 
How does the world's number one power go all to pieces in eight years? Well, you start 50 years earlier. And you convince Christians that no need to be all fanatical. And everybody knows about the Bible and everybody knows about God, so you don't have to go around witnessing to everybody and giving tracts to everybody. And You know, I mean, don't be all fanatical. And, and tithing, well, that's Old Testament stuff. That's not, I mean, who gives 10% anymore? That's just crazy. And who really believes that God blesses people who keep the Ten Commandments? Does He really expect us to love Him all the time? Does He really expect us to honor our parents? But they're so old-fashioned, and they're so out of it. I know I'm talking to bunch of old people, but you talk to teenagers, they'll tell you, hey, mom and dad, they don't understand. Times are different now. See? Anybody remember thinking that? Way back in the old days? Okay. Yeah. And times are different now. I mean, the access to information, the constant communication with friends, that's unbelievable. When I was growing up, if you wanted to talk to somebody, either you got on the phone or you went to their house. Now you text them. Okay? If you want them to see something, you take a picture and text the picture. If it's a whole series of something, you take the video and text them the video. Times are different. However... This won't surprise very many of you. Though times are different, people are the same. People are just as rebellious today as they were when I was a kid. And when my dad was a kid, and when my granddad was a kid, and when my great-great-grandpa was a kid. People haven't changed. People are still born sinners, and they have a rebellious spirit from the word go. And some of them are calm and passive and some of them are deliberately rebellious and, and disrespectful, and they're both sinners. And we, we worry about the, the kids who are deliberately disrespectful when we've got to worry about the good kids too. Because good kids die and go to hell like bad kids. And Noah moved with fear and prepared an ark to the saving of his house. Now, what was the ark? Big boat. Provided protection for his family through a whole year when water covered the earth. By the which he condemned the world. By faith. He believed God. 
And it condemned everybody who didn't believe. Everybody who did not respond to Noah's preaching, his teaching, his testifying, his proclaiming, his talking, having conversations with people, that God was going to destroy the earth. Now we're talking less than 10 or 12 generations from Adam and Eve. People who walked and talked with God in the garden. And Adam and Eve had been, uh, Adam at least, had, had only been dead a few hundred years, a couple of hundred years. Okay? So how is it in our time? Wow. Billy Sunday preached against alcohol and they passed the 13th Amendment. Outlawed alcohol in the United States as a beverage. 13th, 12th. Maybe it's the 12th. I don't remember. And then about 10 years later, they decided, oh, well, that didn't work. But it did work. And then, in the 60s, when I was in high school, teenagers in America decided that nobody had the right to tell them who they could have sex with and when. We call it the sexual revolution. Actually, it wasn't a revolution. It's just a declaration of sin. And we're going to do it. And we're going to be proud of it. Okay? In the 60s, and in 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s, and now the... 2010s, 50 years. And that's the homosexuals who are saying, nobody's going to tell us whether we can be married or not. 50 years, that's one generation. Okay? By faith, Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. When people say, say, how are you? And they say, I'm good. Always want to say, no, you're not. Romans 10, I mean Romans 3, 10 through 12. As it is written, there's none righteous, no, not one. There's none that understandeth. There's none that seeketh after good, after God. There is none good, no, not one. Okay? And yet, as a believer, somebody says, how are you? And I can say, I'm righteous. And you can say, no, you're not, Brother Casey. You're a sinner like the rest of you. Like the rest of us. Okay? You're a sinner like everybody else. Yes! But by faith, I have become an heir of righteousness. That means it's mine. I'm in the will. Pretty cool. And since God only allows righteousness in His kingdom, I get to go to heaven. And I walk in in shining robes of white. Woo! 
even whiter than this shirt. A lot wider, depending on where you look. (laughs) This isn't the one. I got one with black marks on it. Grease, I think, but I can't get it out. That won't help. (laughs) Just keep moving around. But I walk in this robe of white. It doesn't even have my name in it. If you look at the label, it says, Property of Jesus Christ, the Lord. The best thing in my life I ever did do was take off the old robe and put on the new. Because the old robe was dirty, all tattered and torn. I'd messed it up big time. But the new robe is spotless, had never been worn. And Christ clothed me in His righteousness when I became an heir of the righteousness, which is by faith. Okay? So if I'm willing to get saved by faith, I want to live by faith. And I want to serve God by faith. And so if God calls me to the mission field, I don't have to worry. I can go. If God calls my son or my grandchildren to the mission field, I don't have to worry about them either. The safest place you can be is in the center of God's will. You can just get up and go. Wow. The truth of the matter is, I'm already in a mission field. Okay? A mission field named after a third-rate Roman proconsul. His name was Festus. He heard Paul preach and didn't get saved. So guess where he is today? And guess where a lot of people who live in Festus are going? They're going to meet him. And so I'm in this mission field. And we have responsibility to share the message. And what are we going to do about it? We better get started. By faith. Because if you're like Noah, you understand the need to build an ark for your family, for your kids and your grandkids. And the only way they're going to hear about the Word of God is if we tell them, if we pray for them, if we encourage them. Because Noah and his family got on the ark God shut the door, and it didn't rain the next day. 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 Or the next day, the seven days went by before it even clouded up good. But by faith, Noah and his family stayed in the ark. And don't you know his sons and their wives had friends who were outside the ark? Hollering, hey, come on out and party. Hey, come on out. It's not raining. No sense in you being in there. Isn't that what the world's telling our kids? Come on out and party. Come on out and party. Hey, can we be all right. Who's going to teach them? We don't. 
We have a lot of responsibility, folks. Because without faith, it is impossible to please Him. It's impossible. Do you believe that God is? Are you diligently seeking Him? Because if you are, He's a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. He'll bless you. Bless your kids. Bless your grandkids. You say, but Casey, but it looks like they're going the wrong direction. Which brings up an interesting point. You remember this guy in the New Testament had two boys? And one of them stayed home and served dad faithfully because he was gonna it was all gonna belong to him when it was over. And the other one said, Hey, I want what's mine, I'm leaving. And he took off, you know. And what happened to it? Oh, God blessed him, took care of him. I didn't. God let him run. Had him on a long leash. See? Had him on a long leash and let that kid run until he ran out of money, ran out of groceries, ran out of friends, and God went, pulled him up short. And he began to remember, you know what? The servants at my dad's house didn't have to slop hogs. And they weren't starving. And they had a lot better clothes than I'm wearing. Wonder if my dad will let me come home and just be his servant. Okay? What the Bible does not tell us is how long that kid was gone. That'd be interesting to know, wouldn't it? Because then we could put a time li- we could put a, a time limit on God. Okay, God, you brought that kid back in a year and a half, or two years, or five years, or uh, you know, what if he's gone twenty five years or thirty years? Dad just kept on watching for him, kept on praying. How long are we willing to pray and watch for our kids? Don't ever stop. That's right. They can outrun you, but they can't outrun your prayer. Okay? And sooner or later, God will pull them up short. And hopefully, He'll give them one more chance to come on home. Everybody gets to make the choice. Nobody gets to choose the consequences. If your kids are running from God, you keep praying. Because sooner or later they're going to face the consequences. And it may be that's what will turn them around. You keep praying. Hey, guy. Had a wife. Was it Haggai? Had the wife that ran off, gave herself to other men. Hosea, Hosea thank you. I knew it started with an H. <clears throat> and Hosea began to pray for her. Prayed for her. What he prayed was God put a hedge of thorns around her so that her friends... The men who've been coming paying her for her services will not 
want her anymore. Sure enough, time came. Hosea went down to the slave market and bought her back and brought her home. He never stopped praying. Never stopped waiting on God. And he knew that she was the one because God told him to marry her. Okay? Let's bow together in prayer. Father, thank you so much for loving us. Thank you for how much you love us. Dear Lord, do not let us leave here without that that idea stamped in our minds and in our hearts that without faith it's impossible to please you. The just shall live by faith. Teach us to walk by faith. Teach us to respond to you by faith. Lord, teach us to be obedient in order that you and your son might make your abode with us, live with us every day. In our homes, on our jobs, in our vehicles. Help us to be aware that there's dangerous times coming. And help us to move with fear to protect our children, our grandchildren, from the things that the world has planned for them. Dismiss us with your love. Bring us back safely Wednesday night. In Jesus' name and for his sake, amen.